they talk about Barry Lyndon yet? No, they're doing that one next week. Barry Lyndon sounds like a nightmare to work on. Have you ever fully just sat down and watched Barry Lyndon? Not since I was younger. I need to go back and appreciate it fully, but it wasn't the whole thing shot by candlelight. Yeah, that's the whole, like, no, like, we're not going to use any lighting that wouldn't be natural to the age of Barry Lyndon. And we need 700 soldiers for this scene. It's a crazy concept to think that it would be fun to work for Stanley Kubrick in that setting, in a Barry Lyndon setting. Uh, Weird, like, future past thing to think about. So he had to borrow lenses from NASA like shoot. space lenses yeah essentially to shoot wide enough like so there's a aperture and a camera the wider open it is the more it lets light in but it gives you that lower depth of field which is like the thing that everyone likes yeah and the uh, movie cameras at that point couldn't go down that far so he like rigs up these nasa lenses the lens that we shoot the tiktoks to uh like for yeah, our yeah, tiktoks yeah. It's actually better than those NASA lenses, Thank which you, is NASA. an insane thing to think about. That's wild. Uh, wait, for what movie was this used? A uh, Barry. Well, here's the thing. So how are you going to say, like, we got to shoot it by candlelight, and we have to match the natural lighting of the setting, but also we need space cameras to film our movie? Yeah. What an oxymoron. <laughs> Peter, I'm so glad I got two horchatas and that you weren't really preferable to horchata. <laughs> Because I've already chugged through a full horchata. I like being a well-traveled little boy because there are little tastes of the world that you crave that you wouldn't know that you'd be craving unless you'd tasted them in those little points of the world. Even though they exist in other places, you wouldn't know to seek them out. Are we in? Are we are oh, we're we buzzing? Fully in. The, the aliens were in here a minute ago yeah. keeping things kind of... Uh, tight to the wire and we may have had some pumpkin interference i'm not entirely sure my voice is i'm working through it peter i feel moments of clarity it's i'm working with it but the voice is an instrument and it has to be protected and healed and uh i have not done that properly uh ever and i constantly lose my voice i've listened to recordings of my voice when i was 18 19 20 and the amount of depth and gravel that my voice has gained, uh, even regularly, as I'm trying to get it through right now, uh, in that time, it's some of it is just becoming a grown-up, and some of it is time, and some of it is endless vice, and uh, living to the extreme. That what is it? It's they say live fast, die young, but I don't want to die young. I just may be. I may have to do the robot voice earlier than expected, but I feel like I've been pretty adaptable so far. I'll be okay. I just watched part of Dead in Paranormal Park with Jim. I was over at Jim's place. Oh, wow. And he said, did, you know, did the cartoon come out? I said, it came out. He said, let's watch it. Netflix, I got it. And we pulled it up, and he was loving He said, the demons are the good guys. And I said, sometimes. Sometimes, Jim. And he said, it makes sense. I said, the angels are too controlling. He said, it makes sense. And so we watched uh, part of that episode, and I think he enjoyed it. Jim, a, a wonderful friend to both of us. I don't I, I don't have to go further. I don't want to make it weird, but I don't have to. I just made it weird. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's a delightful human. We'll leave it at that. <gasps> it is fall, officially, here in the world and at Weekend at Effie's. Do you feel the breath of the fall? I What's the it. reason for this? You just had a real life reading 
and I need help with my reading here. I had a lot of weird stuff happen this week. I reconnected with family. Today is my mom's birthday. Uh, so I was home with the family all weekend. No wrestling at all was done in the last few days, which is so healthy. I looked at how many matches I've had this year, Peter. It's many, many matches. So, Did you count them? I mean, someone counted them. I'm not a statistical kayfabe guy. There's If somebody was like, your win-loss record, it, I wouldn't care. If they said, when did you hit your 5,000s match? I don't know. When did, uh, How many tag versus sing? I don't know. I don't know any of it. Statistically, Effie isn't worried about statistics. But I have had many, many matches. And like we were saying earlier before the pumpkin interfered, it is sometimes, sometimes I don't realize how much time passes all the time. This is a good... Weekend at Effie's here that you're listening to is very helpful for my brain of knowing when things happen. I have no concept of time anymore, Peter. It all just exists. And so to have a weekend off meant a real restfulness. Not Even if I wasn't sleeping or resting my voice, really. Uh, I was resting in a brain sense, in the sense of my brain. And it was lovely. Is there a reason for all this? We just exited the Mercury retrograde. Is that over? We're officially done with that. We're now. done. Out of the shadow as of yesterday. Um, Get me behind a, me, Satan. Mars is about to go retrograde, though. But that could be wonderful, right? It could be. Mars feels war-like and red and so dusty. It'll essentially... So the general idea is that things that Mars does work the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So good luck having like a heart to heart confrontation with someone and being aggressive because it's just not going to be met in the way that it should be. Like we essentially have to slow down and be a little bit more passive with everything. Isn't that what we should be doing at all times? Yeah. You know, but the period before that tends to make everyone manic and like fuck their sleep up. Um, okay. Well, my sleep has been really fucked up. Yeah. All my sleep cycles have been messy, but I'll tell you this, Peter. I've not fought any of my sleeping. Like, if I'm up at 4 a.m., I'm up. If I'm asleep at 2 p.m., I'm asleep. I'm going to get back on track. Today, I only slept in until 9.40 a.m., which is, we're doing okay. But AJ will wake up and not uh, not tell me that he is uh, up and at him and working. So I kind of wake up into a dark room, and I'm like, you should have just kicked me out. I probably should have already been awake. I take the dogs out. I've really been enjoying that, Peter. Just waking up in the morning and taking the dogs out and not having to uh, run off immediately. This weekend's travel will be kind of insane. I'm going back to car mode. Car mode. Well, I'm flying into Chicago for freelance, and then I'm getting in a car with, I think, Ali Catch, Jordan Oliver, and Nick Wayne. I think. And then going to Detroit, and then going to Columbus, Ohio, and then flying home from there. Should be fun. It's the old crew. What? Oh, it's the it's the crew. That's a serious crew right there. That is a serious crew. And I think car travel is commonplace in wrestling. And I do car travel sometimes when it benefits everybody. I don't mind driving. I don't mind sitting in cars. But to other people mind you driving. I'm listen, no one, legally speaking, Peter, because there's a lot of legal speak this week, legally speaking, no one has ever died or been injured in a permanent way, by my driving. True. And I think that speaks for itself. I don't think I have to... I I, I finish my... What do they call it in, in the law room? 
when you're done, when you say, I have no further I questions, I rest my case. No one has ever been injured permanently driving with Effie. I rest my case. The way you described it was like, I was scared, but I had trust in the universe it's, that it would be okay. It's like, uh, I th- when I think of you driving, I think of Fred Flintstone. <laughs> it's just go. It's, it's go and decision making. Uh, well, I'm going to be driving and I feel a personal responsibility to not let anyone in the car get injured, to not let them... Uh, pass through. I've had to take over cars in situations where I, you know, was I the best driver to choose? No. Was I the most willing and capable? Yeah. I'm ready to drive. So I'm kind of excited to get back in the car and drive. It's been a long time. All of the travel, you know, UK, Japan, we are not actually doing the traveling. You know, it's like, you got to be here at a certain time. You got to do the thing. You got to be on the train. It's not on your schedule. And so to return to a little bit of a drive, I even agreed to a show in November where I'm going to drive way longer than I should, but it's with a crew of people that's enjoyable. And that's the difference. And this is also why I will continue to have no voice. I'm pretty sure because what do I do when I get in the car, Peter, I start giving seminars out and start trying to talk about wrestling and talking about crazy stuff and talking about old past stories. I got old past stories from this weekend. Peter, you know what my mom gave me when I left? What's that? She gave me this big box of like weird memory stuff, which had like a Hardy Boys and Booker T DVD in there. Lit. Need to put those in the PS5 and fire it up. Uh, but also my old Boy Scout hat, which You're has a Boy Scout. I was a Boy Scout. Have we never discussed this? No. I was a Boy Scout. Now, okay, when I and I'm gonna put up a video this week with a lot of home home memories. Uh, you know, we had the 35 and oh, so you went to your childhood home. Well, they don't live there anymore, but like, just like looking at stuff and oh, people right. and things. Cause there would be pictures of you. Obviously. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of these pictures that we should probably go through. Maybe we'll make a memory scrapbook. <sighs> uh, but my boy scout hat with all the pins on it that I'd earned and my name written in big block letters on the inside. And, uh, I put it on and I felt back in my form. Now I went to many iterations of the boy Scouts. And what I mean by that is I moved a lot when I was younger. Like when people ask me where I'm from, I just say the South. Have we gone through the, the passage of moves that I made? I don't ever think we before. Have. I was born in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. And then I moved to Marietta, Georgia outside of Atlanta when I was like three. And then we moved out of there. I think when I was six, or seven. Okay. And I moved to Camp Lejeune, right off of Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which is on the coast. And it's like a military town. That'll, we'll, I'll get to it in a minute. Also, there's a commercial right now that's like, hey, were you at Camp Lejeune anytime between uh, 1975 and 1987? Well, I wasn't, but I was there in 1995. And I can't imagine things just like turned around perfectly by then. And so I'm going, you know, they're only saying until 87. I don't trust humans to clean up anything that was that much of a problem. I may have asbestos poisoning is what I'm getting at. This may be a funny moment now, and we may be discovering something later. I'm opening myself up to expanding the years of the Camp Lejeune. It doesn't matter. (laughs) From there, I moved uh, to Greer, South Carolina, and I spent most of my high school time there. Then, obviously, I went to college in Columbia, South Carolina, and then moved to Tallahassee, Florida, and then returning to Atlanta, Georgia. Not Marietta, though. Right in Midtown. We got to get out of. We got to get out of Midtown. Did you see that fire last night? Whoa! Where was the fire? In I Midtown. heard the sirens, but I didn't see any fires. Yeah, it was huge. We're sleepy. 
It was huge. What burned down? Some abandoned building that a developer owned. This sounds fraudy. We're going to do some more investigating. Welcome back to Weekend at Effie's, the number one uh, insurance fraud investigating podcast. Uh, we are a subsidiary of Dateline NBC. What happened to that girl and why did that building burn down? We're going to investigate. Could it work? I moved a lot when I was a kid. So when I was in the Boy Scouts, the first time I was a part of the Boy Scouts, you go from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts, and then I think Men Scouts, which is just the guys looking at you at the LA Fitness. (laughs) (sighs) Um, We were around a lot of Marines who were the Boy Scout leaders. And so they treated this kind of like a junior ROTC thing. So it was a lot of like, hey, kids, you're eight now. It's time to build a fire. You know, hey, like, we got to learn how to whittle some arrowheads. We're going to shoot guns and arrows. There was a lot of just, like, camp in the woods. I remember going camping with my dad one time, and he said, uh, you know, after we're in the tent, I think he cut himself on some aluminum foam. We're cooking outside, and he said, son, I own a home. I'm not going to sleep in the woods anymore. And I thought at the time, I was like, he's not playing along. But now, realizing it, yeah, it's there's there's a time and a place for camping, and my father taught me many things, which was just choose wisely and make sure you have everything you want, like a heater, so you don't have to build your own fire. It was a more serious Boy Scouts. And so when I moved to South Carolina and tried to continue it, I remember specifically it met at the Catholic Church. And at the first meeting, we were opening up packs of Pokemon cards and passing them out. And everyone was discussing their card. And I was like, this is a different, <laughs> this is a different type of Boy Scouts I don't know what we're scouting, but it doesn't seem to be uh, like a stable future as a tough guy. You know, I thought it was supposed to make you a tough guy. And, you know, you don't know how gay you are yet until you get there. But looking back at this Boy Scout uniform that my mom gave me, I they used the, the Fred Ascot, the handkerchief, the cute little hat, the matching cord knot belt, you know, with a soft baby blue on everything. Eagle Scout, a lot of enamel pins. Girl, go to a wrestling show now. They got as many enamel pins as an Eagle Scout. It's it's marvelous to look at some of these things that you're like, this is going to make me manly and think back to it and go like, yeah, well, maybe it just gave me a weird, like, we should all go camping in the woods. And now all the porn caters to weird situations that we were creating in our Boy Scout youth. Jesus. Did you make it to Eagle Scout? No way. I got real punk rock when I was like 13 or 14 and said, I'm done with all this. Yeah. I don't need this. I'm over it. I learned how to use knives and shoot guns. I shoot, I've shoot. i shot a lot of guns, Peter. I love guns. I don't like the concept of guns in use. Like if everybody was like, guns is only a thing you use to go shoot at targets made of paper. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's one of the most fun activities. It makes so much noise and the paper gets all shredded up. Like that would be lit, but you know, as someone who believes in old fashioned dueling and if you want to kill me, you should be able to do it with a, with a sword or a blade. You know, I don't think guns should exist at all, even though I love them and they're very fun. Do I look like a gun guy today? (laughs) I'm a gun guy. I'm back in the gym. So I'm feeling tough, bro. Tough. So my dad was an Eagle Scout. Yes. Whoa. Okay. Uh, and do you know where uh, boy Scouts started? Um, the closet. <laughs> is that it's a, is it's that too dark? Guess. No, no, no. Uh, Kenya. Kenya. Yeah. Holy moly! Are the missionaries involved in this? Uh, no, because they have. Do you know Awana? 
Are oh you yeah. Aware of Awana? Oh yeah. I'm aware. So I I did Weebelos Cub Scouts oh, for yeah. one year and I was like, this is way too mask for me. I can't I can't do this. Too high mask. Uh, and Weebelos is a word I haven't said out loud in a long I time. Know, right? Holy moly. Um, but I did a wanna all the way through because I mean, it's literally trading Bible verses for candy. That's the whole concept of it. You memorize Bible verses, you get candy. I can memorize some words and I can memorize a monologue. Uh, and I got a lot of candy from the Awana system, which, you know, like all these things are built into the churches in the South. They're built into these things. I'm sure you were dealing with a lot of the similar, you know, church programmy stuff that's kind of built into this. So the way they kind of try to combo these things too, I don't know. I didn't like being in a Catholic church, not because of any other reason than like, why y'all got knee bars? It was freaking me out. I did like, I remember the first time I told my parents that I was going to go to the Catholic church with my friends. Like they were like dudes who lived on the street. I was like, I'm going to Catholic church with them, which was like the form of rebelling you could do. You're like, I'm still going to church. I'm still going to be a church guy, mom. You just might be Catholic. I don't know. <laughs> my dad's like, are you going to convert? I said, I don't know. I'm checking it out. Not for me. A lot of Latin. You'd think I'd be into the Latin, uh, but just an underlying tone of like, there's too much dress up. It's all too dressed up. Yeah. I mean, it all used to be a cult ritual till they took all the fangs out of it. They took all the real shit out. That's boring. And they just left the dress up. I want the version with Tom Hanks going underneath the church to find the secret treasures. I want the Da Vinci Code version of Catholicism. Tom Hanks still is not real, folks. Have you looked at his IMDb recently? No. What is he? I had to look at it. He's doing another Robert Zemeckis movie. Okay. Because, of course. And it is. Who owns the right to the original hologram? A hundred percent. Because Zemeckis this rents movie, out Tom Hanks. This movie is based off of a six panel comic book with no words. Okay. So it's literally just six pictures. And that's. Sounds more of like a comic pamphlet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it doesn't. Was Tom Hanks in Tomorrowland or did I make that up? Ooh, I think that was George Clooney. Was it? I'm oh pretty sure God. it was George Clooney. I think it was. What's the Julia Roberts thing? You haven't I'm fully... not talking. Okay. Do you really want to get into Julia yeah. Roberts? I have a long standing feud that I don't think she knows about. You know, if she's from Smyrna. Are you shitting me? No, I'm not. Because I was, I was looking up her Wikipedia. <gasps> Because I remembered you going off on her, and I was like, I never asked him what that was even about, so I was trying to find like something in her wiki that would tip it off. And she's from Smyrna. Do you know this is really funny you bring this up? Um, Do you M- know what L- movie I watched this MLK weekend? paid for her birth. What? Yeah. What? Hold up. What is... You're telling me Martin Luther King paid for the birth yes. of Julia Roberts yes. in Smyrna, Georgia. Yes. Explain further, young man. This is I'm <laughs> calling you to stand. They they were uh, friends. Her parents and um, MLK and his wife. Okay, here we got to talk about Julia Roberts. And this is I'm glad you brought it up. And this is on a whim. We've not discussed this other than me retweeting about how much I have disdain towards Julia Roberts. I watched Pretty Woman this weekend. Because we were in the hotel room, which the hotel we stayed at, Chef's Kiss, it's the, it's the greatest. The home two suites. I'll discuss it in full in a minute. We got to bring both dogs, and it was so cheap. AJ had never seen it. There wasn't much on TV. And he said, I want to watch Pretty Woman. And 
There are easy things and complicated things that make AJ happy. This one was easy. It was fight my disdain for Julia Roberts. And the first thing he said was, let me see if she's really a pretty woman. <laughs> this was his direct quote. And she turns around the staircase in that opening scene and he goes, oh, she is. She's gorgeous. Look at the cheekbones. But that's a wig, honey. I go, I know. We'll get there. There are very, very few moments, if you look back at the IMDb record of Julia Roberts, where Julia Roberts has done anything other than playing Julia Roberts. And then, in Ocean's 13, she had the fucking nerve to play the fact that she was playing someone who acted and looked like Julia Roberts as a part of the film. And it disgusts me that she looks there and smiles and wiggles and does her terrible accents and isn't good at anything and is so self-righteous and indignant and thinks she has earned her place in A-list authority and doesn't have to do anything else but sign up to a script because her agent is decent. And then what does she do when she gets there? I'm Julia Roberts. Nothing different than if she's just Julia Roberts. It's the difference between being a Hollywood celeb and being an actor of the game. It's the difference between me on Dead in Paranormal Park doing a voice for a character and Chris Pratt dicking around being Mario. She is a part of the problem, a symptom of the problem. We have to stop glorifying and putting people on pedestals because they were in one or two good movies and then letting them coast ride their own shitty public personality as a form of acting in theater. It is not. It is not. Take it back. We're going to talk about art this week, Peter. We're going to talk about the reasons for art when we do this secondary special appearance with our good friend Jim. Because there's a reason I put some things on there. And it just, it's, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. Did any of that make sense or do I just sound like a jealous bitch? No, that made sense. Um, all I'm really thinking about right now, though, is that video where they deep faked Willem Dafoe on a Julia Roberts face and all the scenes in Freddie Do it every Woman. time. Do it to every movie. I'm ready to go back. We talked about this on the mini so did we not? About deep faking people away. And, uh, you know, you can go back through and kind of like, like, listen, I, do I want to go back and watch chapters 1 through 28 of Trapped in the Closet as a cinematic masterpiece? Yeah, I fucking do. Would I do it if they deep faked Tyrese from Fast and Furious over his face and put his matching voice? That's the only way. That's the only way I would do it. Because fuck Robert Kelly, that abusive piece of shit, rot in hell. Fuck, I wish we could watch Trapped in the Closet. I'm not going to do it. But we have the technology now, and everybody says they're going to use it for evil. They're going to put it on Joe Biden's corpse so that people think he's still alive and deep fake his face. Well, they might use it for evil, but we can also use it to take back art. We can use it to take back what is right. Or maybe we just have to make something greater, and that may be the answer to art but art shouldn't be art isn't competitive art is expressive art can be a lot of things i've been balancing my art peter is hard you know this you know the truth of this we'll talk more in a minute on that i want to jump back to atlantic city i feel like we really didn't talk about atlantic city at all did we not really not at all i love atlantic city i'm there a lot and so i think sometimes i uh i don't want to say like take advantage of the fact that I'm in Atlantic City all the time, but Atlantic City is magic. I do want to go back and just say how much fun I had with Shoda in our match, our four-minute and 30-second match. It was incredible. I love working with Japanese talent. I love the way you call matches. I love the way you think about wrestling as performance, and I want to do much more of it. Uh, 
I'm over here like itching my neck to get back to Japan, Peter. I'm like, I'll take anything. What do you guys, you, what do you need? You need me to fill in? You need me to fill in for anything? I'll do it. I'll do it. Tubes? What do you want? Empty cans? I'll do it. I'll do anything to get back. But I will. And I'm... Uh, I think that dried squid did something to you. The dried squid has changed my whole brain. Mm-hmm. It's squid. It's squid transformation. I've become the squid through my Splatoon playing and eating of dried squids. I am squid. I consume squid. I think the squid's making me jacked, Peter. I think the dried squid is making me jacked because I looked at the protein content of the dried squid, which is just dried up squid, and just been eating a lot of that from a bag. I bought a bulk bag of dried squid this weekend. I didn't have that much more to say about Atlantic City. I love it. Shout out to the Mexico crew for GCW. They went down to Mexico this week and fought in the in the fucking Zona 23 junkyard, which is a literal junkyard surrounded by vehicles. Have you seen any footage from this? No. It is insane, Peter. Now, right before COVID started, I remember the date correctly. March 12th, 2020, right before everything shut down, we had a show at the Voltage Lounge in... Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I was with Matt Justice and we looked at each other and we were both unsure of if we were going to our bookings the next day. And his booking the next day was in Mexico in the junkyard. And he was like, what if I don't get back across the border? What if this is it? What if the world's going down? And he went and he went down there and it's some of the most insane footage from that trip. But now Joey Janela was going into the junkyard to fight Pagano, which is an evil clown man. And Joey busted an artery or vein of some sort He's fine now. He lost a lot of blood. But you are out there in broken glass and dirt and dust. And there may be, you know, people who are involved in illicit activity around, possibly. We don't know. We don't know. But there's rumors and innuendo. But they also ran in at the AAA Lucha Mania Triple Mania show and beat up Vikingo, who is scheduled to come to the U.S. soon to do some dates. So I don't know where we'll see him. But it sounds like we may see him soon in the U.S., although... Alex Colon, Joey Janela, and Gringo Loco attacked him at Triple Mania. He's the new star, Vikingo. Have you seen this guy? No. He just he can flip like a hundred times very fast. Damn. Very incredible. I'm still thinking about uh, Joey and the... So he hit like an artery? I don't know what he hit. Something on his arm. And he said he couldn't even feel it. But it was bleeding like a lot. And it was crazy. And there was hundreds of tubes and jacked up old trucks people jumping off the roofs of cars and cole radrick was there and jimmy lloyd was there and drew parker was there right where, where did that go drew parker drew pa- all my accents are so mixed and mashed i don't care um i didn't wrestle like i said this weekend peter look how much horchata i've drinking is there caffeine in it no it's just cinnamon rice milk oh my god and it's so good just mm, fills you up, gives you a carbo I think load. you might be pregnant. Me? Yeah. I think I'm just bulking, baby. I think it's time to get back on. Let's let's juice up, Peter. I, I, I can't juice. Do you know this? I'll talk publicly about yeah. it. We've had the conversation. You mentioned it. I cannot do steroids. And as much as I would like to be just like jacked and ready to go all the time, it's too much for my specific personality to where I cannot actually uh, convince myself You're that it's You're just going to be walking around like dry SpongeBob if you pop back on it. So dry and just like aggressively too horny about everything. Like, I think I could fuck a tree. I don't even think the bark would get in the way. 
And it would be such a distraction to my lifestyle of doing many things. There would only be like two things I'd do. Well, three. It'd be eat and work out. And the other one that's just way too distracting. I would have to pump back on it. Uh, but I am trying to go back to the gym some so I can get all jacked and big. I keep seeing pictures of myself looking kind of big. And I'm like, I think I could get a little bigger. And then now, being in this cartoon. Okay, here's the deal. I have been vanity searching for the cartoon, right? I want to, I don't want to miss anything. I want to see what people are thinking. (sighs) There's already so much porn of this character. Oh my God. And it's not just like a little bit. It's like very sweaty and focused on how jacked and big and thick my bear demon body. It makes me excited to know that I can gain some weight and people are going to be like, yeah, he's fucking hot with some, with a big gut hanging out. And just thick as a biscuit. So like, you know, we pressure ourselves in wrestling to look a certain way. I really don't put a lot of pressure on it. I've uh, fortunately found a way to balance myself to where I just eat and do and work out and trust that my body is feeling healthy and must be healthy. Um, but it but it lets you know that, listen, if Asmodeus can carry that 325 pounds, I'm only sitting at 192 right now. I think if I beefed up the right way to about 215, I can make Roman Reigns my fucking, my little boy. Because he wants to be the daddy. He's pretty jacked, though. Maybe I got to go 225. The classic heavyweight is 225. I used to have to lie in Georgia about my weight on wrestling shows. Because if you weren't 225 pounds, you would not qualify as a heavyweight contender to the belt and they really wanted to keep that kayfabe of like if you gonna challenge for the heavyweight belt you gotta be a heavyweight and you're like well sir i mean i weigh 210 and they're like you gotta be a heavyweight so then i did a show the other day and they announced my height and weight which like don't do that this is effie that's all you say this is effie we gotta that just reminded me of elvis we gotta talk about elvis again 229 they announced me at and i was like i haven't been 229 since 2016 me and my brother are the same weight now i found out this weekend uh, at one point when i started wrestling i was 235 and he was 179 and now we both weigh 192 it's just like time evens out all things the circular motion we met in the middle and now we both feel great we feel healthy he has a boat now that's a pretty boat? wild that's awesome yeah they almost took bebop home this is kind of dramatic we were almost convinced to rehome Bebop this weekend. And let me tell you, he let them know that he wasn't going to be rehomed. Let me tell you how. We had him over uh, at my mom's house. And my mom has a dog too. Very cute dog. Dash, little mini schnauzer puppy. Cute. So adorable. They all played together. Everybody was so well behaved. Everybody had such a good time. Um, and my brother kept saying, you know, he sheds the same color hair as our dog, Benji. He's about the same size as Benji. We've been looking for a second dog. You guys are paying a lot to, you know, keep him over the weekends and get him boarded sometimes because he's a little more, requires a little more effort. And so we kind of played it back and forth all weekend and joked about it somewhat. I was like, it wouldn't happen this weekend if it ever did. And not that we want to get rid of Bebop, but if they have a yard, he can run. He would have a brother his age. You know, we'd find a second dog, but it may be a better situation for him. The last day as we're leaving, he hopped up on the bed with him and his wife. And peed all over them. All over them. Just coated them in pee. Oh my God. And not only that, Bebop, let me just, hold up. I just made the realization. Bebop also helped my mother process through some things. Bebop showed up and there's this little toy 
that she had given to the dog in hopes that it would be destroyed because of previous memories. And Dash did not destroy the toy. Dash kept the toy and left it in her bed. Bebop showed up and immediately ripped this toy to shreds. And I said, Mom, I'm sorry. He ripped up one of her toys. She goes, I've been trying to get her to rip up that toy so that I wouldn't have to feel the guilt of throwing that away. Uh, And he came in and did it right away. And then when he peed all over the duvet, my mom goes, honestly, you've given me a reason to get out of the house today. This is... (laughs) Good. I'm gonna go sit at the laundromat and read for an hour and not be bothered and just like have a moment. And I said, "Wow, Bebop, the great uh, accelerator of our journey." He's just like, "What's up? You guys think you want me pee everywhere? You want to? You want a little distraction this afternoon? Clean this up. You need this toy gone because of bad memories and guilt. I got you." He's wild. He was fantastic. We stayed at the Home Two Suites this weekend, Peter, and it's a Hilton hotel. And they allow dogs. And the deal is, I thought it would be an expensive fee. For both dogs at the hotel, $50. Nice. Two nights. Covers everything. But we did want to take Bebop out and do those sorts of things. We got in the room. This room is massive. And it felt very Japanese in that they were like, we're not going to clean it unless you tell us to. You have a full pull-out couch for cranberry. You have a bed. You have two beds. My grandma made sure there were two beds. She's trying. Uh, but she said, I don't think they need a king. Uh, tricks on you, Grandma. Just made us cuddle closer in the single full bed when we fell asleep watching a Julia Roberts film. How against character is that for me? Okay? I turned it off after he fell asleep. Okay, I wasn't going to continue with Julia Roberts. I have my belief, and I don't... It, you hear how fired up I get about her, even just mentioning it. Go fucking watch Mystic Pizza on your own, you dummy. God. Home Two Suites has the dog area, breakfast in the morning, place for dog to pee, clean, huge, bigger than the Airbnb we stayed at in Japan, this suite of a room, uh, and room to hang everything up. I, for the first time in my adult life, this is going to sound crazy, I used a luggage cart. I always see people using luggage carts. I've used them in the sense that I've put it on someone else's luggage cart, but I uh, searched out and got a luggage cart and used it and brought all our stuff up at once. And I was like, what have I been doing? What have I been rebelling against by carrying all these bags around? Who am I trying to impress by carrying all these bags around? They made a cart, a miniature cart, and it steers like a forklift. Have you ever driven a forklift, Peter? No. I've driven a luggage cart, though. Okay, pretty similar then to a forklift uh, in that the steering is backwards. And so you kind of have to steer it in this wonky, weird rear wheel way but once you have it mastered oh you can hug those corners you can get it right in the elevator you can make room and space for other people maybe they maybe not their cart but maybe they have like a family with them and say oh i'll make room right here because i know how to steer this thing it gives me flashbacks i used to i used to drive a lot of forklifts before it was legal i was always told if somebody shows up here and you don't recognize them just get off the forklift and don't tell them you know how to drive it just leave it there. That's when I worked in moving warehouses. Before I worked at Two Minute Truck, I worked summers at large-scale moving warehouses where truckers would just pull up and be like, you want to be unload help? And if you weren't unload help, you would just like move stuff around the warehouse with a forklift. Met a lot of weird people through that job. Uh, went on a lot of weird truck trips. Nothing bad happened. Actually, like it taught me that like most stuff isn't that scary. It's just weird. Yeah. You know, when you're just like, yeah, I'll ride with this trucker for 300 bucks. Sounds lit. I'm 17. Yeah, I'm getting in the truck. 
It's fun. But I did learn how to drive a forklift. So that's how I know how to drive a luggage cart. They let our dogs uh, just come and go as they please in this hotel. It was beautiful. The Home Two Suites. I guess that's what I'm trying to put over here. What a magical place. Home Two Suites. Right? We got to get Home Two Suites money. Hubba Bubba Watermelon Gum is the flavor profile there. At least we'll have these recordings of him long after he's gone. I don't want to go anywhere. I still, I'm still on par for, I'm down with four or 500 years of living. How long do you think you could do it? If, if you're just like allowed to pick. That's where I think I get bored, Lestat style. Yeah. I, do I, does it extend how I'm aging? Because I'm, one of my biggest fears is like losing mobility and, yeah, you're, I'm guaranteeing through technological advances that you can send to that you will have full mobility and brain function in this scenario. I can't tell you how exactly, but if it's not a question, you kind of ask, you know, like I'm at 32 years. I've seen a lot of things. I think I could clear house in 500. 500 is actually the number that I'm thinking of because it's not too, too greedy, but it's long enough that you would really see some shit. And before the great rains that gave us the ark that Noah had, people lived to be well over eight or 900 years old, like Moses. Um, yeah, but th- those are codes. Okay, but think about it this way. 900 years. Uh-huh. That's a code? That's a code. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> is it like... Is it like when they got Jenny's number off the bathroom stall? Yeah, exactly. And it turned out Jenny was a guy named Moses, uh-huh. and he was looking for action. Is it anything like that? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't like codes. <laughs> one thing that's a part of the Bible, too, is there's no codes. It's pretty, no codes. It's pretty direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're cutting the codes. A lot of it is, you know, in the spirit, when the Spirit spoke to me, they said, hey, hey, pal, uh, we're getting rid of the codes. That was a man-made gesture over it i kind of want to go over the weekend sequentially but i kind of don't it was very weird uh not in a bad way like weird in a great way of like the town that i grew up in and went to high school in is like very expanded very cool uh we went to a large-scale brewery restaurant friday night called the southern growl they have no tvs you want to know why because it makes people all emotional and then they'll buy one beer and watch a whole game that's not good for business so we went in. I had a shrimp grilled cheese and two Diet Cokes and pound cake. I ate a lot of pound cake this weekend, Peter. Peter, I ate a lot of food this weekend. White chili, red chili, pound cake. Uh, what are those? Charcuterie trays? Went wild on a charcuterie tray. This is actually a perfect segue to one of our questions. Oh, we're yeah. A little loosey-goosey about it today. <laughs> uh, do beans belong in chili? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have beans and chili. I agree. You're a fool if you don't have beans and chili. Sometimes I eat chili that's mostly beans. I also think corn is okay in chili. It doesn't have to be I there. I agree. I think chili needs a lot of onions and garlic. And I think you got to have a spicy pepper and a sweet pepper. You have both kinds of pepper in your chili. I don't mind if it's a white chili or a red chili, but I love chili. I love Wendy's chili because I know it's leftover slop meat. I love that they're just like, yeah, it's leftover slop meat. Because that's what chili is, you fools. What do you want, A-grade chuck steak chili? Get out of here, you fool. It's supposed to be old-ass weird meats that you find. And you cook it so long in the stew with spices that you're like, I can't even tell this is kidney. You know? You ever eat kidneys in your chili? Kidney no. beans? Kidney beans. Yeah, that's a different kind. But that's representative of the history of awful-style meats in chilies. 
which they should be allowed in. Damn. Yeah. I don't know if sliced sausage always belongs in chili, but I'm not opposed to it. I don't know if I, I like chicken and chili too. I got some Cajun on that side of the family. They like to put sliced sausage in things. I'll eat it. I'm not scared. Uh, sour cream. Appropriate. Let me tell you how to appropriately pour a bowl of chili. You put Fritos on the bottom of the bowl, then you put cheese on top of the Fritos, and then you pour the chili on top of that, and then you put Fritos and cheese on top of that with a big dollop of sour cream and then a little bit of those sliced minced jalapenos and cilantro. And then you just <laughs> scoop it all up together. It doesn't have to stay together. You don't eat it in layers. You mix it all up. It's just the freshness on top and the cool there. You don't want it to get in the way of the, of the cheese melting process. Is that too much cheese and chili chips? I don't know. Not for me. I always think there should be a restaurant where there's very few dishes, but one of them is served regular style, and then one is served like how the chef would eat it, which is like a big sloppy mess of it. And I think that way with pasta as well. You ever do, you go to do pasta, and then butter, and then cheese, and then sauce or gravy, and then more cheese, and then garlic bread on top. And then you got to eat it on top of the garlic bread. That's for spaghetti. Jesus. I can eat. I love eating. Would you ever put out an Effie cookbook? Yeah, probably. I was talking about my, that with my family this weekend. I was like, I was this close to going to, L, to culinary school. I have a picture I have to show you that is of me at Emeril Lagasse's restaurant when I'm like nine or 10. And then my aunt and uncle got it signed for me by Emeril Lagasse. And it says, sorry, I missed you at the restaurant. And it's signed by Emeril. So one of my earliest eight by tens is of Emeril Lagasse. With me standing in front of a picture of him. Think about that for a second. Bam! More garlic, right? That guy was like a... He was like if Guy Fieri didn't have as good of a marketing team then. <laughs> but he's made enough on all his little seasonings and restaurants. Those restaurants still run. And Emeralds in Las Vegas, that's the best banana cream pie I've ever had in my whole life. I've eaten at a few Emeralds restaurants in Orlando, in Louisiana, which is, I think, the home base one, and in Las Vegas. Las Vegas was the best one. The banana cream pie was just fucking out of this world. Is incredible. Bam. Right? Right. I want to go be on the show. I could have been a little child chef. What cooking show would you be on if you could pick one? Barefoot Contessa. You know she parties. A hundred percent. She's just like setting up garden parties for Jeffrey all the time. Or she'd be like, Jeffrey's gone. We're inviting the boys over. And she's like, her and the gays from the Hamptons. We have nothing else to do. He runs, Maxie runs a boutique in town. He's lovely. His partner, Greggy, is coming over. And we're going to have bruschetta. We're going to eat as much bruschetta as we can and just right there. Keep it crispy with a little oil. I love her. That's not how she talks at all, but that's what you're getting. Rare Contessa rules. Uh, who is the girl? Uh, Nigella? Nigella Lawson? Love her. What a mouthy little baby. Have you ever watched her? No. She's like a British woman, and she's just like, mm, lick the jam up. It's so nasty. Mm, put it in your mouth. Right now, I am so fucking honored that Dead in Paranormal Park is premiering the same time a new season of British Bake Off is on Netflix. So I'm like, I have to tune into Netflix and then I see my little cartoon pop up while I'm seeking out Amazing. the Bake Off show and it makes me very happy. If you've watched the show, let me know. I need more compliments. But what a marvelous thing. Being able to just pull that up at Jim's house was just like, look, it's me. Look, my narcissism is peaked. <laughs> Do you want to see? I'm like a hot little cookie. Look, you just log into Netflix. There I am. Mm. I'm on the Peacock Network, too. They had to censor my ass. 
Yeah, no, she always lives in there. <laughs> you got to have that grandam energy a little bit. It's got to be there. I drank all that horchata, Peter. I'm a horchata fiend. Jesus. You think I won't go get a refill on the way home? Uh, my mom's birthday, Saturday. We spent the day hanging out. We had a big breakfast brunch. We told stories of Japan. At one point, AJ was like, they don't want to hear you just talk about Japan. And I was like, yes, they do. They keep asking me to talk <laughs> about Japan. And they all had to be like, no, no, no. We told him to talk about Japan. We want to hear more about Japan. And I told him, I said, listen, if you're willing to suffer, the flight's on Zip Air. Not that bad. Not not that expensive. But there's no TVs and there's no food. Oh, they're trying to get that business deal closed. I love this. We got more deals. We're trying to work out more deals, Peter. We need way more deals. Non-stop deals. And a new voice. I got two brains. I got two brains. Um, we watched a football game in full. Peter, I used to be a little more emotionally tied to sports because people in my life were very emotionally tied to sports. Uh, and in my punk rock ethos mindset, the fuck you and Effie, I rebelled against sports. And now in my adult time, I've had some really good experiences at baseball games and going to a basketball game. AJ went to a Falcons game this year. Pretty wild. We tried to go to a soccer game and then I fucked it up. Uh, but Those are super fun. Super fun. But watching football on TV, I want to say this. I don't think I've ever, in my adult life or child life, look at this little guy. Look at that little guy in the punk. Oh. He's cute. Oh, he's cute. I don't think he means us any harm. No. I think he's okay. I've never sat down and fully, fully watched an entire game of football. And I think football was a big part of alcohol drinking for me, too, because I would go to a lot of college games. Me get the, I'm gonna trap this guy in a horchata cup. Is that a bad idea? Here, I can outside. He's distracting, but he's very I'm fascinated by how large this guy is. He's just cold. He tried to come into the warm. Come on, buddy. It's better for you. Come on, buddy. Uh oh. Here. Oh, oh. They just stay on there, right? And then you can just give them a brush. Look at us. Do we have a new career in bug, bug, uh, what are they? Bug rehoming. We do not exterminate. We are no Dale Gribble. We will rehome your bug. Daddy's coming right back. Don't you worry, Lucy. Don't you worry, Lucy. For more of this, for more mini-sodes. The mini-sode this week's going to be great because I finally saw Crimes of the Future. And I'm very excited to talk about Crimes of the Future. We're also going to talk about the new Hellraiser. Uh, all of these things and more on the mini-sode. Um, and then we're going to be... Is this like an appearance? Can we advertise this? Dog with a mullet? Dog with a mullet. We're doing a guest spot? Yeah. This is going to be lit. Yeah, Are we going to be I'm like excited. zoomed in? Are we zoomed in? Yeah, we're going to zoom in. Oh, that's so sick. Very excited. Um, Sunday, we went to brunch again at this wonderful restaurant, the blue table. I watched a whole football game is the point. I didn't help. As soon as I walked into the football game, we were late. That's one thing I learned is any time they would give us for ETA on the schedule of family activities, we were 35 minutes late every time <laughs> with full intention of being there and being like on time and early. Like we're just going to be there early and ready to go. No, we're on gay time and it is 
we made it. We were not, we didn't miss anything, but people felt like we were late. Really, we're always on time, Peter. You know, I'm always on time. I walked into a touchdown happening. I said, oh, I must be good luck. Not the rest of the night. That's when I proceeded to eat almost a whole charcuterie board. I love eating dates. And especially when there's salted meats and cheeses and dates, the back and forth consumption for me is sort of like endless. Plus there was more pound cake. I ate so much food. My brain felt like it was getting a little bit of a reset, you know? And also having to see people that know you your whole life and explain things that are going on in your current life, it helps you objectively reflect a little more yeah, and zoom out on things and go, oh yeah, that's, you know, when my aunt goes, you went, what, from the UK to where to, and then you go, oh my gosh, yeah, this is nuts. But it is good. It was refreshing. Uh, I got to see uh, two of my friends from high school and college while I was there as well. Walter and Tori. Tori has a child now, which is incredible. Has a baby. It's not even a baby. It's a year old. Wow. And our niece, uh, AJ's sister's baby, just turned a year old this weekend. All the babies are growing up. And I got to see my good friend Walter, who his cat escaped. Oh, no. And we're waiting and praying and hoping and sending good thoughts that Blue will come home and Blue will be fine. Blue has escaped before. This isn't new. But we're hoping Blue comes home. But I did get to see my other college roommate, Cosmo, Walter's cat, who's now 11 years old. I was there when, now, Priors, who does the graphic design for me and Wrestling is Gay in the podcast, who you know, Peter, I believe, somewhat, maybe. Yeah, somewhat. we went to fest together. Went to fest together. Um, they each have one of the brothers in this cat trio. And one of our friends has another one. Oh, cute. But these two cats were living with me through college, Cosmo and Christofferson. And they are now both 11 years old. Wow. And I feel older, but it was nice. We just hung out and it was great. Played Mario Party. I almost won. Didn't win. I'm not good at Mario Party. I, I'm i not mean enough to actually win because you just have to start stealing from AJ. Because AJ is a high performer on Mario Party. He's very good at mini games. And so to win, I have to steal from him. And it's not always worth the emotional, uh, I want to say treachery of stealing from him <laughs> to win and what that gratifies. I'll say it that way. He goes, why did you steal from that computer? I said, to maintain a happy home. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't know, Peter. That's I'm rested. I'm good. I'm rejuvenated. I have a huge weekend of travel and adventure ahead. I'm excited to wrestle all weekend. It's going to be big matches. I don't know what I'm doing in Detroit yet, which frightens and fascinates me. Could be many, many things. We'll see. But it is going to be a cold weekend. It's gonna, super cold here. Just it's out of nowhere. very cold. And I'm going to be wearing all my new winter clothes from Lucid FC because we went and shopped till we dropped when we got back from Japan. So I have a lot of new... Winter rugby wear to debut. They also showed me a hand-painted trench coat that they have with a man being electrocuted on the back, and it says cool stuff. They're like, you should use this for an entrance. And I was like, I have to find a match cool enough to use this for an entrance because <laughs> it needs to be an electrocution cage match. I would look like The Undertaker, but like if he voted for the right people. <laughs> you want to do some questions? Please. I love questions. Shout out to questions. Shout out to our Patreon listeners. We're just going to go ahead and auction off the gold one for the current Patreon subscribers. We will do it, uh, I believe, right after Hood Slam, so probably on the 1st of November, so you have time to get in there. A gold Effie Award being auctioned off 
from the Patreon to one person. I also have a lot of auction stuff to go up that if you want to get it, get it. If you don't, don't. But check out the Patreon. The Tokyo videos are worth the Patreon month alone. I guarantee it. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effies. Peter uploads cool stuff on there as well. You'll get lots more dog footage coming up because I hang out with my dogs a lot when I'm not wrestling. Okay. This may have been asked before, and if so, I apologize, but are there any plans to do full-length video podcasts, like the clips you upload to TikTok but the whole episode? This is a Peter question, because I'm not opposed to it, but I would want it to be something that's for the Patreon people, uh, and maybe at a higher tier, because it's that's intense footage. That's like wild stuff, and it takes a lot more editing power, and it would take people wanting to support that to do something like that, because you can't just flip a whole video up real quick. And the process of Vimeo space and Patreon use, it's all lots of different things. But, you know, we're we're always looking at different ways to expand. I'm working on a few other expansion ways. So we'll see where it gets us. We'll see what happens. Very excited, though, uh, to see more of that on TikTok. I've been sharing it on Instagram to kind of show it to more people. We've been getting a good set of views on it. And more views is always the best way to get people to listen. At the end of the day, I just want people to listen to the podcast. So we've got to do all these little hoop jumps to make it happen and get people here. We'll do the hoop jumps. I can jump to a hoop. Look at me. I'm like a circus dog. There's no more circus elephants or tigers. So I think there's just dogs now. Yeah. And all of that being said, uh, a really simple thing you can do is give us a review, give us a rating on whatever you listen on. Cause that definitely helps the show. Yeah, um, and I do think video will be something, and because we've talked about full length before and uh, what that would potentially entail, so I'm thinking definitely in the future. Um, probably not this year though. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot going on. We got rebirth and growth to come. 2023 going to be a horrible year for Earth, but a wonderful year for our podcast. Sorry, I mean I just got to call it like I see it. I got to call it like I see it, Peter. doesn't look like it's going to be great for everyone, all right? <laughs> Sorry. We're, are we doing our best to uplift those around us and bring positivity and help a long, uh, a long life for humanity continue? Yeah, we're all about it, all right? Are we happy Coca-Cola moved to paper six-pack rings to protect the turtles? Somewhat, but there's a bigger problem at bay. But is our podcast going to be ripping as fuck in the next year? Yeah, 100%. So get in now. A lot of listeners, a lot of new people finding us saying they didn't know we existed. That's on me if you didn't know we existed. That's bad promoting on my part. So we're working on more. I'm trying to get it out there more. It's going to Facebook now too, some of these clips. But I'm picking and choosing clips. We'll see. I don't want to take all of the thunder. I still want to push him to the TikTok, which I saw got like five more followers. Thank God. I love it. Uh, our mo- we're, we stir things up on TikTok a little bit. Some of our recent posts, maybe ones concerning Harry Potter. Have oh, yeah. Possibly gotten some people in their feelings. Oh, yeah. Well, getting your feelings. <laughs> oh, well. I speak only from the opinion of Effie. So trust your heart. And if you need to say something, say it. Better out than in with vomit, bad ideas, pee, poop, and, well, not blood, but sometimes... Effie and Peter, not sure if this has ever been asked, but what are your favorite road trip snacks? Tried squid. (laughs) (laughs) I opened up my bag in Atlantic City and found that bag of dried squid. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be satiated. This is incredible. I Listen, I'm a big moon pie guy. If I see banana moon pies on the road, I'm grabbing them. Caramel moon pies, grabbing them. Not necessarily a chocolate or vanilla moon pie guy. Those weirdo flavors of moon pie. I love, uh, I would say, some kind of 
pork crackling is probably in my jar. I love eating fried pork skin. <laughs> my dad used to get microwave fried pork skin growing up, which like it cooks in the bag in the microwave and expands oh my like popcorn. And I didn't realize like how gnarly of a food that was until later in life, but I still crave it all the time. Peter, what about you? What are you grabbing in the, in the quick stop? Uh, I love for like lo- longer road trips. I think trail mix is a must. Okay, just like classic trail mix. Yeah, just like the you got the peanuts, you got the raisins, you got the M and M's. Um, I like gummies though. Oh yeah, gummies of all kind. Every kind of gummy is worth talking about. I'm bit, I'm. Have you had the Albanese butterflies? Yes. Whoa. Yes. That's those, a premium gummy. All of those gummies are crazy. Yes, I like the sherbet ones too. I don't they're think little, I've had those. They've got like an orange and a strawberry sherbet, and they're like kind of creamy gummies. If you haven't had these, these are literally the best tasting yes. gummy bears known to mankind. Now, Nick Gage, a huge gummy connoisseur, loves Sour Patch Kids. Has said he's tried all the gummies, loves sour gummy bears, regular gummy bears. He'll usually have a big bag of gummies, and he'll walk up and he'll be like, F, you want some gummies? And you're like, gummies like, and he's like, not like that, F, they're candy. It's candy. And I love it. I'll eat it every time. A little sugar pop. Nikki loves his gummies. I love gummies too. We all love gummies. Hi, hi, Peter and Effie. With Halloween coming up, I want to know what you guys are going to dress the, dress up the dogs as. If so, if, sorry. What? <laughs> God, my brain broke. It's okay. Break your brain. We all need to break our brains. What are we out. dressing our dogs up as? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to be home for Halloween, and I have been. I had to come to terms with the fact that, like, I'm kind of a workaholic. (laughs) Uh, And just because my work is fantasy work doesn't mean I'm being less of a workaholic. And AJ was doing the whole, like, you're not going to be here for Halloween. And I had to go, we just spent all this time in Japan. He said, we're not going to dress the dogs up. And I said, we can still dress the dogs up. We can change the timing on it. Uh, And my mom said, you didn't send us a Christmas card last year. And I said, well, you didn't buy one on the web store. (laughs) I can only make her sign so many. Um... I don't think we're going to dress the dogs up as anything. I Maybe now we will. Maybe I'll go home and get it. Because I think if I get him the costumes, you know, we're we're being frugal, Peter. But I saw a part of Lucy's costume. and She's always dressed up for Halloween. She's always looking so cute and adorable on Halloween. What do you got cooked up? And what are some of the past ones that Lucy's had? Okay, so she's been a dragon. Adorable. She's been a unicorn. Really cute. And she's also been a little Red Riding Hood. Kind of scandalous because she is a big bad wolf. Yeah. Uh, The costume also doesn't fit. It was like a prototype little Red Riding Hood dog costume that I found in a thrift store. It's really well made, but um, doesn't quite fit. It's like... uh, You're telling me they made a slutty dog little Red (laughs) Riding Hood? Yeah. It barely fits over me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I got her a tutu at the thrift store the other day. So. The tutu is so sick and it has the like Bjork balls on it uh-huh. and it's so playground chic, playful chic. And she looks adorable and she knows we're talking about her. If you hear her moaning, she knows when we're talking about her, but we think that Lucifer's outfit this year, she's going to be such a pretty girl. If only she would wear a little tiara to go with it. Right. Oh, that would, I, cause I was trying to think what else would go with it. Do they have a little dog tiara? I can figure that out. I don't know. I feel like there's something there with her having a little jeweled crown on. I don't know how long it would last, but I think you could get a picture. You have a really good way of getting pictures of the dogs. So I feel like you could figure something that would make it work. Uh, Lucy is a perfect poet. That was the first thing I taught her how to do is pose. Oh, 
She does. She'll just sit there for photos. Cranberry, not so much. She kind of knows about the cameras. Bebop is a fucking ham. <laughs> he is a ham. I've been recording him with the GoPro this week, which I think I'm going to keep just recording on GoPro. It's very fun. And dog footage looks very fun on GoPro because when they get their noses up in there, yeah. it's all fisheye Lindsay. Do we have any more questions or we, we, we roasted people out on questions? Uh, no, we actually have a bunch this week. Ooh, a uh, rapid fire, baby. Hey, Effie, don't know if this is out of bounds, but what's your favorite thing to do other than sleep during rare extended periods of downtime? Um, I play a lot of video games like on my own quiet uh, that are not Twitch streamed and not put out in that way that I do to just like be frustrated and quiet and kill things. What's the last thing you played? Uh, like fully like beat and got through really did it. I think it was Red Dead Redemption 2 and did the whole story. Very Jesus. emotional. You yeah. are a workaholic. Cowboy shit. That t- I played like maybe 10 hours of that and I was like, I'm working a it's side heavy. job right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you are working crazy. a side job for sure. Uh, but I think it's also a form of rest to sort of do those things and get lost in those yeah. RPG kind of worlds. I mean, I can't say anything. I played Death Stranding almost all the way through. Which they've said is one of the best walking simulators ever made. Did you carry that baby to term? Yes. yes. This is a it's a grandiose look at American politics. Look, carry that baby across Guillermo the field. Guillermo del Toro a, is in it. Like as a physical presence. He's a character. The Tokyo Press Tour, not the Tokyo, the, the Pinocchio Tokyo Press Tour that he's been doing. <laughs> Where he's been carrying around the little wooden yeah. boy. Fascinating to me. Big Del Toro fan. But he's in his... They were like, come scan... You need to come get scanned, Guillermo yeah. Del Toro. Yeah. You're in the thing. Yeah. There has to be something about this of walking around in an iron lung with an unformed baby that can't live on its own. It's like a post-COVID America nightmare, right? I, had, I mean, Kojima's a genius and because I was a big Metal Gear fan. Well, yeah, we're all big Metal Gear fans to an extent until my ADD kicks in and I go, I can't handle challenges anymore. I need immediate gratification. Uh, But I think at a certain point of genius, you start doing things just because like no one's going to tell you no. And you don't, you know, Death Stranding could have been sick if you had to shoot a little bit more, I think. I agree with that. Like a little bit more. That being said, Mads Milkins or however you yeah, say his name. He's a fucking weirdo, dude. He's in that too. I'm into those dudes who you're like, I don't know if I'd invite them to my house party. Those are the kind of actors I want to watch in movies is if I feel uncomfortable bringing them to my home. I don't want Hollywood celebrities that look like they'd be fun at a party. Like, sorry, dude, I don't need to hang out with Ryan Reynolds. I don't need to do it. Mm-mm. It's fine. But, you know, like... Uh, I'm bringing him up again. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'd be nervous to be in the same building as him for more than 24 hours. And not, no offense to him, but you're too good, dude. I don't know what's going on in that brain. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You know, can you imagine Daniel Day Lewis shows up at your like garden party? I'd be so suspicious. I'd be very suspicious. And I'd be very uncomfortable the whole, I would not be relaxed and be like, Oh yeah, he's done some movies. What was that one you did about eating mushrooms until you feel a little sick and you hide a little secret in every, Oh, the phantom thread. Yeah. That one was not, it didn't work for me, but I'm, I'm proud of you. You were Abraham Lincoln. That's pretty cool. Right? Daniel day Lewis. Y'all have y'all met him yet? Aunt Carol, come meet Daniel day Lewis. That guy is not there for the right reasons. So those are the kind of actors I want to see in movies. People that you just don't trust. Because that's the best part of acting is if you have that little glint of being like, nah, I don't trust it. Something's up there. It means you're good at it, right? Maybe you don't have to be to be good at it. But it's these fucking Hollywood A-list bullshit that they just want to they keep their reputation so maintained that they become 
that public version of themselves instead of acting at all. So fuck you, Julia Roberts. Sorry. <laughs> okay, this one's for me, so I'm going to hand it to you. Oh, I like this. See, I, the top I don't want to. It feels like I'm uh, not interested when you have to read your own question. <clears throat> Peter. I love your astrology insights, and I was curious on your thoughts on other guidance methods like tarot, tea leaf readings, etc. Also, are you still accepting birth chart requests from Julie? All right. So, yes, I am still accepting. Uh, send me a message on Patreon. Patreon. And we can set that up. I won't um, read it. I, I mean, I read some messages, but if they're not for me, I won't read it. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think there are some in there for you. Oh, I'm going to go read them. Yeah. I should read them. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com slash freaking Nephies. Now with reading of your uh, messages. Okay. Um, so I, I've been a big fan of tarot for a long time. That was like the first thing that I really started getting into. I like really complicated systems or like complex systems just because you can get more specifics out of all of it. And that's part of why I like astrology is everything in astrology also attaches to tarot. And so you can use the cards for interpretive principles and that kind of thing um so yeah i'm definitely a really big fan of the two of those uh tarot is hard to do for yourself if you're doing personal readings um i find it's one of the one of the it's always better to get someone else to read your stuff for you because you need There's it from objectivity an yeah you, you need, need it objectivity from exactly we're too emotionally in our own reading or we'll put it to whatever we want it to go to Right? A hundred percent. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. I like to play crafts with God still, baby. I, was, I rolled the dice the other day. When that, I had... And th that's the other thing is there's, you can just, I won't say you can just make stuff up, but yeah. if you pay off a close enough attention, you can figure out how things line up just yeah. in the world. Metaphorical systems against energies yeah, exactly. is how I think of it. Yeah. Here's a metaphorical system I understand. Let me see if I can check energies using it. I'm going to roll these dice in the airport. <laughs> okay. This one says for Effie. So I'm going to do an Effie reading my own question <laughs> okay. to keep it balanced because you've read your own question before. Would love some horror movie recommendations for spooky holiday viewing of movies. I might've missed. We seem to have similar tastes in indie films. So I trust your judgment. That's uh, incredible. Here's what I'm going to say. The whole mini set is going to be about wild, spooky, uncomfortable stuff. We're going to make a lot of recommendations as far as like, Indie ones go, indie horrors. Um, let's think for a second. We might have to brain on this for a minute. I don't want to just spout things out. I, I saw a, a really good one. It unfortunately just left HBO Max, but it was called The Empty Man. Oh. Did you see this? No, what's The Empty Man about? It essentially is a better Slender Man style kind of thing, okay. but it's about tulpas that actually involves a bunch, uh, incorporates a bunch of Buddhism into it, which is really interesting and just gives us this kind of like nasty tonality to, it's really creepy. I love that. Yeah. Um, I have been playing a lot of spooky games this time of year, the dark pictures anthology games, which are great for Twitch because you don't have to do that much as far as button clicking for the story to proceed, but you do have to make a lot of moral choices. So I've been playing the one about the haunted ghost ship. And there's one about, uh, I think this is like, it's like a spooky little town and we don't know what's really going on. And then uh, they made one called The Quarry, which was crazy. 
and had werewolf people in it. Oh, shit. Pretty wild stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I've got to think about the movies. By the time we get to the mini set, I'm going to be cooking out movies. But it is that spooky time of year where it's more fun. I have a list of movies I want to see coming up. I would like to see Pearl. I really enjoyed X. But I haven't seen a good theatrical time for me to go catch it. Um, and what's the other one coming out that's... Uh, uh, it's already out. Barbarian. I want to see yeah, Barbarian. Yeah, I want to see Barbarian too. And... I often wait for things to hit VOD, but that isn't the best system of viewing things in a timely way when you have severe ADD and you want it now. I want it now, mommy. I want a squirrel and a goose. Okay, this is for both of us. That question for Effie was also from Julie, but this is from Sarah. Hi, Peter and Effie. For Effie, is it faux pas to wear your favorite wrestler shirt to a show like it is seeing... Like it is to wear a band tee to the band you're seeing. When I go to televised events, I like to wear an indie promotion or wrestler shirt to get the word out, but I'm not sure what to wear to indie shows. For Peter, what are some good books, resources you recommend to learn more about astrology? Thank you for bringing me joy with the podcast. Thank you, Sarah. I'm going to let Peter go first. Okay. So then... Some open-ended, some some big start books. I would... First, I would recommend a podcast, actually. Okay. Just love that. If they're free. Yeah. Um, the astrology podcast is incredible. Uh, that's just where the astrology. It's podcast. just the astrology podcast. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's as deep as you want it to be without going too too. There's definitely like, it'll hit an intermediate level, but, um, but you don't feel like you've joined an inescapable cult. Yeah. No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I want to feel like that. Um, I don't know. That's just like the best. That's honestly my best, best recommendation because they're so good. How are the archives available? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Is it dealing with the now or is it dealing with all of it? They do uh, like monthly updates and then do like a, a yearly one that's like four hours long that gets into like the astrology oh, of yeah. the whole year and generally what to expect. That's just fascinating to listen to because they will make predictions about things. Um, there's some Joe Biden stuff potentially coming up in these eclipses that they're going to be keeping a close eye on. Um, Did they say anything about uh, Herschel Walker becoming a police officer with his magical badge? Are you into this? No, what is that? I haven't been paying attention. What is this? He went to the debate and Warnock said, you pretended to be a cop. And Herschel Walker pulled out a fake police badge and said, I am a cop. Oh my God. And they said, sir, you got to put the prop away. Was the language used? I'm sorry, I just switched that over. Wow, that's insane. And I'm hoping for a prediction. I'm a little nervous about the gubernatorial race here in Georgia because the architect of deceit, Brian Kemp, is back leading the polls. But hopefully, people have not been polled correctly. And Stacey Abrams eats him up. I'm praying. Yeah, it's going to be, there's an eclipse happening that day. The eclipse will define the moment. Is Eclipse, it could be good, could be bad, could be a lot of movement, could be the werewolves coming out. It's a, it's actually one of those things that astrologers debate each time is whether it will be good or bad. It's really hard to tell. Uh, we'll find out. We'll learn. Hopefully things work out well. Hopefully, uh, not that this is a political podcast, but living in the state of Georgia, I am hopeful for a different future for Georgia going forward, but... Nothing is promised to us in this age, and Georgia is backwards as fuck sometimes. Don't leave the perimeter, as they say. Outside the perimeter is questionable at best. Uh, 
What what else do we got, Peter? Are we are we in the zone? We're just zoning. We're zoning. Well, listen, folks. Thank you for taking this journey with us these past few weeks of chaos. There will be more, plenty more chaos ahead, but hopefully into November, December, the the regularly scheduled version of this is working. Although I've enjoyed these big reaching, stretching, wild episodes. Yeah. I have not enjoyed how my brain has felt trying to comprehend everything going on around me. And it's probably led to a lot of beautiful personal growth, but uh, it's going to be nice to be on a regular schedule again and sort of like even doing the show last night, doing Monday Night Raw felt wonderfully scheduled, felt good. I went to bed afterwards. We did watch some movies, but we're going to talk about that on the mini. So thank you for supporting the Patreon, patreon.com slash weekend at Effie's. It's helping us out in doing bigger things with the podcast and we'll talk more about wrestling later, but there's enough wrestling talk out there in the world. You know, 